0: On today's show, the EPA reverses a decision that would have allowed big trucks to use old, dirty engines. The aftermarket for advanced driver assistance systems is set to explode, and a new study shows that it will be hard for automakers to turn a profit with electric and autonomous vehicles. All that and more coming right up on AutoLine Daily. This is AutoLine Daily the show for enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Are you familiar with gliders that are used in the heavy trucking industry? They're rebuilt trucks with refurbished bodies but don't have a powertrain. Then, buyers can install rebuilt older engines. And back in 2015, the EPA mandated that gliders must meet current emission requirements. But earlier this year, former EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt reversed the rule. The decision was criticized by environmental groups because of the excess pollution the gliders would create. And the big truck OEMs also don't like gliders because they're a deliberate and runaround to emission standards. But Andrew Wheeler, the acting EPA administrator, says Pruitt acted improperly and has overturned the order. The agency says it will work with glider companies to make sure they aren't hurt financially by the reversal while protecting air quality. Chinese buyers will soon be paying more for a couple of BMW SUVs. Due to tariffs on American-made vehicles in China, the American-made BMW X5 and X6 models will see price hikes. The prices are expected to rise by four to seven percent. While BMW says it stands by free trade, it also says China's 40% tariff is too steep to ignore. But it does show that BMW is willing to absorb a large portion of the cost, well at least for now. According to a study from Alex Partners, the near future of electric and autonomous vehicles does not look good. The company says that the industry is pouring billions of dollars into EVs and autonomous vehicles before the technologies are cost competitive in the market. This means that by 2022 many of the EVs scheduled to hit the market won't be profitable. High systems costs, low volumes, and intense competition will make it very hard to turn a profit in the electric vehicle market. And while $61 billion will be spent on autonomous technology, consumers are only willing to pay $2,300 extra for autonomous features, not the current industry cost of nearly $23,000 per vehicle. That leaves automakers with a tough choice. They can introduce unprofitable vehicles and ride out the storm until they turn a profit, or they can stick with investing in ICE vehicles at the risk of falling behind the competition. Still to come, a look at some of the classic vehicles from this weekend's Concours of America. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion. Dow Automotive Systems, advanced materials that deliver better results. And by Lear, a global leader in automotive seating and electrical systems. In racing news over the weekend, Lewis Hamilton took his Mercedes to the winner's circle at the Hungarian Grand Prix. He beat out two Ferraris and now has a 24-point lead over Sebastian Vettel in the Drivers' Championship. At the IndyCar race in mid-Ohio, Alexander Rossi's gamble on a two-stop pit strategy paid off with the win. He and his Andretti Autosport Honda finished nearly 13 seconds ahead of second place, and Kyle Busch was able to hold off teammate Daniel Suarez in his Toyota to win the NASCAR race at Pocono. Speaking of racing, if you missed the Concours at Saint John's and Plymouth, Michigan, over the weekend, you also missed one of the greatest lineups of race cars from Porsche's history, including its most iconic, the 917K. And here's a taste of other classics that caught our eye at the show. This unrestored Stanley from 1922 really stood out, the only changes being a new boiler and tires. Speaking of standouts, this very shapely Bosley Interstate from nineteen sixty six certainly fits the bill and always had a crowd gathered around it. I have seen all of GM's Firebird concept cars before, but this stripped down rolling chassis was a first for me, and it was really cool to see the inner workings. And the sheer size of some of these vehicles really grabs your attention. Like a 1930 Bentley with a massive 152.5 inch wheelbase or this hulking Bugatti that weighs 7,000 pounds and features a 778 cubic inch engine. And while the Bugattis were a real treat, the highlights of the show for me were these two Delages and this 1937 Delahaye. Without a doubt, these are three of the most beautifully styled cars I have ever seen in my life. Coming up next, the aftermarket for passive automated driving and assist systems is about to see big growth over the next couple of years.
1: Lighter, safer, stronger, quieter, and more sustainable. Tell us where you need to go, and we'll help you get there. Dow Automotive Systems. We don't succeed unless you do.
0: A recent study from SEMA, DUCKER, and the Center for Automotive Research found that the aftermarket for passive automotive driving and assistance systems will jump from $977 million in 2016 to $1.5 billion in 2021. And on last week's AutoLine Line After Hours, we were joined by John Warniak from SEMA, and he explained why that market is set to explode.
1: Well, I think there's 260-some million cars in the U.S. car park. Alone, just the U.S. car park, 60 million of those vehicles are basically candidates to be updated, retrofitted with advanced driver assist systems. Basically, the passive stuff: lane departure warning, forward collision warning, backup cameras, rear cross traffic alert. Uh, where SEMA really comes in is, a, let's say you're an off-road enthusiast and you want to, uh, you do some rock crawling with your Jeep or whatever the vehicle may be. You can put cameras now under each wheel and watch how you're climbing up where that tire is being planted. So maybe you don't need a spotter? Absolutely. And you got that right on your displays, all four wheels. So you're going up and over. Uh, think of uh, towing vehicles, big part of the seam industry. You're either taking your car or your bike or your recreation stuff. Going to a, a concourse. Desert. Going to hey. the concours. Uh, backup camera. Uh, literally, there are companies, aftermarket coming in. So you, let's say you have a factory-installed camera, but you put the trailer hitch in and you got your vehicle behind you. Well, the aftermarket camera goes on the back of that vehicle. Right. So it switches right over from the factory-installed ADAS to the aftermarket ADAS, and you've got the system working and functioning the way you want it to. All sorts of opportunities like that. And I think, uh, as I mentioned, the 60 million vehicles, let's say you, you've got a vehicle, 2015-16, coming off lease. Your new one has a lane departure warning, collision warning, whatever. The one coming off lease doesn't. You want to hand it down to someone in your family. The aftermarket's a great way to actually update that vehicle at a, almost a quarter of the price of the factory systems, mm-hmm. but nonetheless very functional. And again, these are warnings. These are passive. They don't control, take over control of the vehicle, but they add to the safety performance. And the biggest number you're seeing there, are basically that's an emerging market segment within SEMA, the aftermarket community, that I'm calling safety performance.
0: And you can watch that entire discussion right now on our website, Autoline.tv, or just look for it on our YouTube channel and also be sure to check out our coverage of the Center for Automotive Research's MBS Conference. John will be talking to automakers about the issues they currently face. Look for those interviews starting today and continuing throughout the week on our website. But that's it for this show. Thanks for watching and please join us again tomorrow.